0: It's really exciting to just be able to be at a place in my life where I just feel really comfortable in my own skin. I'm 36. Like I just don't care anymore about most stuff, you know? Like I've done a lot of personal work. I've worked on a lot of issues when it comes to like my body and like the way that I'm seen in the media and aging and like all of the shit that as women we have to like deal with on a daily basis. I just show up now and I'm like, "Hi, here I am."
1: That was Bethany Cosentino, and this is she Rose, a podcast with a mission to turn up the volume of women's voices in music across genres and generations. I'm Carmel Holt and what you're about to hear is a previously aired interview from my syndicated public radio show, she Rose Radio. She Rose is a deep dive into the experiences and perspectives of women and gender expansive folks in a still overwhelmingly male dominated music industry. It's a space where we discuss challenges and triumphs, how far we've come, and how far we still have to go. Telling our stories is the first step to making music better for everyone. If you're a fan of the band Best Coast, then you probably already know the name Bethany Cosentino. The songwriter, vocalist, guitarist, and one half of that revered indie rock duo, Bethany started writing songs in her teens and she and her bandmate, bassist, guitarist Bob Bruno, formed Best Coast in 2009 in Los Angeles, releasing their critically hailed full-length debut Crazy For You in 2010, which became known as one of the best of that year. The sound was an infectious amalgamation of a throwback Back to classic girl groups and lo-fi indie, with Bethany's vocals drenched in heavy, gauzy reverb, topped with a summery California vibe. Over the next decade, the success of Best Coast steadily grew and their sound continued to evolve over four more fantastic albums. 2012's The Only Place, followed by the EP Fade Away in 2013, 2015's California Nights, and in 2020, Always Tomorrow. And now, Bethany Cosentino has stepped out on her own for the first time for a highly anticipated solo debut called Natural Disaster. I met up with Bethany back in early May for her first interview about the new album and the impetus behind going solo. And now that it's finally out in the world, I'm thrilled to share that conversation with you as we celebrate the release of Natural Disaster and welcome Bethany Cosentino as this week's Shiro in the Spotlight. Welcome to Shiro's. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I am over the moon to have you, and what an occasion, your solo debut. How is that even possible that this is your solo debut?
0: Honestly, I have no idea. For me, it feels so weird to even think that I have a record coming out that's just Bethany Cosentino.
1: Okay, listeners, I just want to give you a little backstory. Bethany and I met last September in Nashville at Americana Fest. And I said, I'm a huge fan. I'm going to have you on my show. This is my show. I didn't even know the record was coming. I knew nothing about it. And now it's happening. And today's a special day because we just unveiled it today. Mm -hmm. Press release just went out. This is the first conversation you're having about it. it. So I feel like, why fake it?
0: Yeah, no, we're going to be real here. We're going to be real. We're going to be real here. So yeah. tell me all the feels today. <laughs> and I now. mean, it's interesting because you mentioned that like we saw each other in September last year in Nashville. And so this project, this idea started in 2020 when the last Best Coast record came out in February of 2020. We went out on tour two weeks into tour. COVID happened. I don't need to go through it all. We all live through it. We know what happened. I started to like really evaluate my life in this way that I think most people did. I never really had the opportunity to look at my life under such a magnifying glass because I had so many distractions. And I realized that I don't know who I am. And I feel like I keep telling people my job is like a public figure, a musician, an artist, a writer, all these things. It's like, I feel like I keep telling people who I am. But then something happens and then I realize, wait, I don't feel like this person. Why do I keep publicly pronouncing that I'm this person that I don't actually feel that I am? So I started having like all of these thoughts and being like, what have I always wanted to do in life? Okay, I'm stuck at home. I can't tour. Like the Best Coast Record came out and now it's kind of like slowly trickling away because it's COVID, the whole thing. And I have always been a massive fan of... Cheryl Crow, Bonnie Raitt, Natalie Merchant, the Indigo Girls, Jody Messina, the Chicks, like so much music that like nobody would probably ever expect for me to listen to and like. And I was like, well, you know what? Maybe it's time for me to explore making a different style of music. But I very much knew that if I was going to go down that road, it could not be Best Coast because I feel like Best Coast, it's its own thing. And I just knew that if I came out with like an Americana-esque adjacent Roots Rock, whatever you want to call this record, under the name Best Coast, people would be like, this isn't Best Coast. Like, what is this? And sure, bands evolve all the time. But I just felt personally like, okay, but also I'm having a shift in my identity. And I'm kind of like out on like the hero's quest right now trying to figure out who I am. And I'm just going to do this. So I started writing music knowing that it was going to be for something else. And then cut to 2021. I was still writing music as this other else thing. I already knew my producer, Butch Walker. Our paths first crossed many, many years ago because he was originally going to produce a Best Coast record. But the timing didn't align. Creatively, I think we had different ideas of what we both wanted out of the record. Bob, my collaborator in Best Coast. Also, like, we were just all not on the same page. So it didn't work out. But I thought to myself— well, he kind of, like, exists in this world of this kind of music I want to make. Like, maybe he'd be interested. So I just took a shot and was like, hey, Butch, is Bethany. Remember me? And he was like, of course. And I was like, I'm going to make a new kind of record. Do you want to maybe, like, get together and collaborate and see where this takes us? And I went to his studio at the time he was in Santa Monica and made the first song, It's Fine. And the version that ended up on the record is the one that we actually tracked that day, which is basically a demo. And I just left that day knowing like, okay, I'm doing this. And so that's a super long winded answer. But it's hard for me to talk about this project and this new chapter without kind of going through all of it and tracing it all the way back to 2020, because that's where it started. This wasn't like something that like top of 2020. Or, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then 20, this has been going on for a long time. And it has been a secret. And I'm a Scorpio, so I can keep a secret. But I'm also a person that loves to talk and share and, like, put myself out there. So this has been really, really intense. So the fact that I finally get to talk about it and people are finally hearing it and seeing this new version of me. It's so cliche, but like I truly feel over the moon. Like I really do. Like I really, really do feel like I'm just like flying (laughs) like in the air looking down at myself being like, you did it. You did it. You're doing it. You're doing it. I'm so proud of you. It's your coming out party. It really is. It really feels like I'm introducing myself. It's so interesting because I was just saying earlier, I feel new, but I'm not new because I've been in this industry since I was 22. And that's a long time to be in this industry. I've been through a lot I've you know evolved I've fallen down I've gotten back up I've done all these things and so it's like to be sort of out here like hi it's me I'm new but at the same time I have this like crazy amount of knowledge of what this industry is like and just what it's like to be a performer I mean I've been to this building I don't seven times you know everyone's like have you ever been here I'm like yes I signed my name on the wall somewhere out there like many many times you know so it's cool to be new, but also at the same time, not new. (laughs) So profound. (laughs) Oh, no. I mean, it is profound. And I relate
1: so much to where you are. And what an exciting moment. What an exciting thing to just fucking do it. Take the leap and realize that life is short. Yeah. And you have to give yourself the permission to evolve. Absolutely. Otherwise, people will continue to expect the very same thing from you and yeah. you'll get stuck. Bingo. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> I really understand where you are and I applaud you and I'm so excited. And since you talked about it, it's fine, I wonder if that would be a great place for us to start today. Just play a little clip of that. Yeah. Let's do it.
2: Look at all the pink flowers in the rear view. Reminds me of the sea. On you, I am evolved. You've stayed the same.
1: Anthony Cosentino, our guest today on Shiro's. Her solo debut is Natural Disaster. I'm Carmel Holt. We were talking about what's led to this. Today's the big day. It's the reveal. And you're saying, you know, I have to set this all up so that you understand where I'm at. What are some initial feelings that you're having today? Seeing all the press come out and yourself quoted about your reasoning for doing this. How does that feel?
0: It's so funny because... The lead up to this, I've been so anxious. Like Mm. I've been ruminating over and over and over again and wondering like what will people think and like what will like longtime Best Coast fans think? Like will they be like, why is she abandoning us? Why is she doing this? I've wondered like what will people think about me walking away from Bob and like just to set the record straight. Bob and I have been friends since I was 17 and Bob is much older than me. And he has always championed me. And when I've decided that I wanted to do this, I went to his house. I brought him Jersey Mike's because Bob and I love Jersey Mike's. And I was like, listen, I am feeling called to do something else. And I'm really scared. And I don't want you to hate me. And he looked at me and he was like, why would I hate you? Like, why would I be mad at you for wanting to like, try something. And I knew from the beginning that I didn't want to like break up Best Coast. I didn't want to like announce a breakup and be like, it's done. Goodbye. I'm going off to do this new thing because I'm such a believer that like each part of who you are is who you are, right? It all comes with you and it all gets integrated. And you can like not feel connected to a part of your past anymore, but it's still you. It's still there. You can't like get rid of it. We all have shadows. Like we have to like become friends with those things. So I knew that like while I was planning on taking a break and hitting pause and walking away, It didn't make sense to be like, the band's broken up so that I can go be this other thing. It's like, Best Coast will always be there if and when I want to return to it. And if I never do, that's okay, too, because it still exists. It's still a part of me. Mm. It still means something to the people that it means something to. So I spent a lot of time worrying about what other people would think. And this morning when it went live, I was on a plane here And I was with someone from my team and like we were just like on social media the whole time, like, you know, posting and like looking to see what was happening and like retweet this thing and this thing. And I felt such an ease that I've never felt before where I just was like, oh, this is happening. People seem to like it. There were a couple of comments that were like, this is boring or like, why would you do this? What about Bob, blah, 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 all the things that I expected people to say. But I didn't attach to it. And I think that's the first time that, like, I actually really felt like... I've said a million times, I don't give a fuck what people think. But, like, I always kind of, a little bit, gave a fuck what people thought. And I think because I feel so identified and connected as Bethany right now, I don't care what anybody else thinks. All I care about is what I think. And what I think is, this is the kind of record I always wanted to make. This is the kind of music that I listen to. This is the kind of music that, like, I want to put out in the world, and also that I think the world needs right now. Really, the message of this record is, like, life ends, and our planet is dying, and there are crazy, horrible things happening in our world every single day. And guess what? You can look at it all with absolute, total nihilism and be like, fuck it, what's the point? Or you can turn to love. You can turn to the light. You can turn to the things that inspire you and just say, Okay, I'm not going to be here forever. I'm just going to crack myself wide open and be as vulnerable and soft as I can be and just do it. And so I feel like a different person experiencing this. And it's funny that I keep saying that, like, I felt like I kept announcing myself in Best Coast as, like, all these different versions. And then I'd be like, I don't feel like that person anymore. And it's like, I don't feel that way this time. I really feel like the person that I am today in this room— is the person that I was always meant to be and the person that I will, like, continue to be, but just more evolution, more growth. And I'm a fucking Scorpio, so I like to go deep. I like to get emo. I like to be uncomfortable. I do, because at the end of the day, you get to learn so much about yourself in life. And what's the point of life if you're not learning anything, right? Oh, 100%. (laughs) And I also think about, like, what it takes to feel
1: safe, as women doing this job, and you were talking about, like, I was worried about what people thought, which sounds like a younger version of yourself. And what it sounds to me like is that, like, you're stepping into your power right now. And it's exactly the right time. Because until you are at that place, how can you fully step into Bethany Cosentino as yourself, without the protective layer of Best Coast, all of the everything that goes with it, this is very raw, this is very exposed and vulnerable, but you're ready for it, right? It's like everything's been preparing you for this Yeah, and you know better. You know how to pick your team.
0: Totally. You know how to
1: go after exactly what you want.
0: Yeah. And I think that it's so funny because in the beginning of Best Coast, I loved 60s girl groups and I loved the Beach Boys and the Beatles and all this stuff. And I still do love that music. But, like, that was sort of like, okay, this is the kind of record I want to make. And then the second record was really inspired by, like, Fleetwood Mac, Linda Ronstadt, the Eagles. But it didn't come across that way because, again, it was sort of the formula of Best Coast was not that – so whenever people would ask me like, "What are your favorite artists? Who are your favorite bands?" I would give answers like Fluid Mac, Christine McVie, solo records, Linda Ronstadt's my favorite singer of all time, Cheryl Crow, and people would kind of look at me and be like, "Oh," because you don't hear that influence per se, in Best Coast. But I keep telling people like when they ask like, what was your favorite part about making this record? I say my voice, like getting to sing and getting to just show up as a singer. And when Best Coast started, I was so terrified of the world knowing I was good at singing, which is so strange. I think it's because I grew up on punk and like I was like, you're not supposed to be a good singer to do this style of music. So I drenched my vocal in reverb. And with each record that went on, the reverb would like get stripped away a little bit and a little bit. But it was always sort of like, keep my voice like here. And with this record, I was like, put my voice fucking high up in the mix. Show that shit off. I'm a fucking singer. And I don't feel conceited saying that. But see... A few years ago, I would have walked into a room and if somebody had complimented my voice, I would have been like, oh, thanks. And I would have shrunk myself down and I would have been like, no, 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 I'm not classically trained and I don't really know, you know, blah, blah, blah. And now I like walk in and I'm like, thank you. Thank you. I agree with you. And I don't feel like that means that I'm some like self-centered, cocky, you know, narcissist. It just means I'm confident at what I do. And to get to that place I had to go through all of these different layers of insecurity and like being told I wasn't good enough or, you know, like, oh, she barely plays guitar. Bob's the mastermind. da da da. Like I had to go through all the different things to land in the place of being like, you're really good at what you do. Go do it differently and let everybody look at it and be like, oh, f- damn. Oh, that's been hiding there all along, you know. So there's like a side of me that feels a little bit like hee hee hee. Hi, guys. (laughs) You know, so it's really exciting to just be able to be at a place in my life where I just feel really comfortable in my own skin. I'm 36. Like, I just don't care anymore about most stuff. You know, like, I've done a lot of personal work. I've worked on a lot of issues when it comes to, like, my body and like the way that i'm seen in the media and aging and like all of the shit that as women we have to like deal with on a daily basis i just show up now and i'm like hi here i am today i was so insecure cuz i got a giant pimple before i got here probably cuz i was so stressed and i was like oh my god i have to meet all these people with this pimple and then earlier i was like who fucking cares is a pimple everybody gets pimples Who cares? Who cares? Who cares?
1: (laughs) Also, no one is going to notice your pimple except (laughs) you. That's what Mackenzie
0: kept saying. Mackenzie kept being like, babe, no one notices. And I'm like, No one notices. But like in my mind, it's like my third eye, you
1: know. Bethany Cosentino here with us on Shiro's. Her solo debut is called Natural Disaster. I was so excited to hear you name check Bonnie Raitt in a song. It gave me very special feelings inside. Not only Bonnie, but like Bonnie says in the nick of time in the song Out of Time. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about this song and about Bonnie and how she may have influenced you?
0: Yeah. So as I mentioned, I'm 36 and I have a partner for the first time in my life that is very healthy and stable. The type of relationship that I thought would always really bore me, and I was always like, "Mm, no, I'm like the chaos girl. Like, I need an asshole, and I need to chase somebody, and I need somebody who's unavailable. And again, I don't think I was ready for the type of man that I'm with now. So the idea of having a kid comes up a lot. And I struggle with the idea of having a kid because of what I do for work. And I'm just like, how the hell do you have a baby and a career if you're not Katy Perry on a private jet? Like, how do you do it? I don't I can't afford like a nanny and a bus for my family. You know, it's like that was a big thing for me during the pandemic. Like, do I do it now? Do I do it later? But I'm going to like launch this project. And oh, my God, oh, my God. And I was like just losing it. And a woman that I know, she has two kids and she's a bit older than me. And we had been talking about it. And she asked me, like, have you ever heard that Bonnie Raitt song, Nick of Time? And I was like, of course, I love that song. And she was like, go listen to it like right now. And so I went and listened to it. And I literally had never realized what the song was about. And it punched me in the gut. And I was just like, oh, my God, like people don't talk about this feeling that I think most women experience, you know, like we're not out here being like, I want a baby, but I don't know how to do it or when to do it in my career. It's like not something that I feel like is spoken about often. And so I thought, okay, well, I want to write my own version of that song. And obviously, you know, give Bonnie a little wink. And when I first started singing When I was a kid, I would do, like, talent shows, and I would sing karaoke. There was a karaoke store in Eagle Rock in L.A. that sold karaoke CDs that had all these different songs on them, and Something to Talk About was one of my big talent show songs. And... I was just obsessed with her as a kid. I was obsessed with her red hair. I was obsessed with the way she played guitar. I was obsessed with her blazers and her acid wash jeans and her cowboy boots. And as I got older and I really dug deep into her catalog, I was like, this woman is fucking incredible. And there's nobody else like her. And I just knew that I had to talk about that feeling in song. Because the way that Nick of Time makes me feel seen and makes me feel safe and makes me feel like, okay, I'm not the only person that feels this way. I hope that my version of Out of Time makes people also feel seen. And I am really proud of that song in particular because, you know, I don't directly say it. But I think if you listen close enough, you might realize what it's about. But, like, I... Was really scared to say that out loud. Even talking about it now, like, I'm like, there's a side of me that gets embarrassed to be like, oh, like, I wanna have a baby. I just think that, again, in this industry, particularly when you're sort of like indie rock or you're not the Katy Perry on the private jet, it sort of is this question mark of like, how do I actually do this? Will this jeopardize my career? Am I gonna have to take time off from touring? Am I not gonna be able to? you know, promote my record if I have a baby on my hip. So it was necessary for me to put that out there. And hopefully there will be women that listen to that song that feel like, oh, fuck, I feel that way too. Bonnie says in the nick of time,
2: darling, you'll find love.
1: on the new Bethany Cosentino album called Natural Disaster. She's our guest today on Shiro's. I'm Carmel Holt. A lot to unpack. Man, I just... I think about the Venn diagram of these conversations that I've been having over the past couple of years. This motherhood thing, Mm -hmm. Bethany, it's huge. Is it? It's huge. And so many women feel the way that you do. We know all the reasons why, from an ageist perspective, it's hard for women to have long careers.
0: But like... This also is a huge thing, yeah, it is it is. And I think that, like, for me, i I also didn't really ever know if I wanted to have kids. Sure. I was always, yeah, yeah, like I was always kind of like, I don't really care. I don't know. is that for really for me? And I think I reached a point where, you know, part of it is being in a really healthy, loving, Definitely. respectful relationship with a person who loves me unconditionally and shows up for me in ways that I could never have imagined. But like the flip side of the coin is I look at the world and similar to what I said that there's a layer to natural disaster that is about this, but I look at the world and I look at all the horrifying and terrifying things that are happening. And I think about how it would be really easy to say, well, I'm not gonna have a kid, what's the point? What's the point of bringing a child into a world where kids get shot at school, where bodily autonomy is taken from people, climate crisis, all the things? Why would I do that? And then I think about the hope of raising a child in that landscape and teaching them to do all of the opposite things. And I just think about how. People like me with these beliefs and these hopes and these dreams and these aspirations need to have kids because we need to, like, bring better people into the world. And sure, you can't, like, guarantee that you're going to have, like, a cool kid, right? But you would hope that, like, you would teach them and raise them in a way that would bring about necessary change. I mean, I look at Gen Z And you know the band The Linda Lindas? Yeah. So they called me their band mom. And I was like a mentor to them in the very beginning and would like sit with them and they would play me song ideas. And I was really jaded on music and life and the whole experience. And they sort of reinvigorated my passion for caring because I just see these young girls that care so much about changing the world that they live in and they have the power to do so. And so for me, it's like I just think about it and I'm like, why would I want to pass up that opportunity? But also I'm very much in this boat where it's like if it doesn't happen for me, that's okay too. Like I love my life and I've built a really incredible life for myself. I've worked my ass off and I hope it happens for me someday. But if it doesn't, that's okay. But I do wonder if That is because of my job. Like, I wonder if I if I wasn't in this industry, if I would have already done it by now. You know, probably. If if I'm being honest, probably yeah. There was definitely a point during the pandemic where when I wasn't touring, I was like, why don't I just have a baby now? But yeah, there was always the lurking thought in the back of my mind of like, what do I do with the baby? Where do I take the? What do you know? Like, I'm not playing Madison Square Garden. Like, I'm just gonna bring a baby into some like green room with dicks drawn all over the walls, <laughs> totally. You know? and like bring my mom on tour and be like mom can you help like it's hard to imagine it but I also feel like if you're hearing more people sort of talk about it I would hope that at some point we could get to a place where that conversation is bigger because I even think about how like I don't hear a lot of women in this space talk about the desire to have children. It's not cool. Yeah. It's, it's not I, I cool. I think you're right. Yeah. It's not sexy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not
1: rock and roll. Yeah. And that's a fucked up narrative. Yeah, And look, I'm just one guy with an opinion. Yeah. But if we were centering, okay, not even centering women, but if we were just looking at this on an even playing field and everyone was playing with the same tools and the same rules and the same freedoms... It would look so different. Yeah. This stigma of being a mom and, you know, even like whatever. I mean, I guess there's dad rock too, right? But like, <laughs> it's different. It's just yeah. different for women. I'm yeah. sorry. It's yeah. like you stop being like an object of desire, which is like part of how fucked up is this, but it's part of the job. Why? Yeah. And also like, can we
0: talk about rewriting that narrative? Yeah. Like, why is it not sexy? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But I'm just not sure. But it's also interesting because it's like, these are things I never would have talked about as Best Coast. Like, I never would have written a song about the desire to want to have a baby. I never would have referenced Bonnie Raitt. Like, I would never have written about the relationship that I'm in and, like, you know, the fear of stripping myself naked and raw in front of a person and being vulnerable. Like, these are all things that I would have been like, no, 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 no. I don't talk about that. Like, Best Coast exists for all of my, like, neurotic, angsty feelings. So I think that part of why I had to make this record is it was necessary for me to channel these feelings and these emotions – because I'm an, oh, this I hate saying this out loud, I cringe, <laughs> but it's like, I'm a fucking artist. Like, I have to get this shit out wow. of me. And sure, I can get it out in the, my therapist's office and in my diary and in my journal and to my friends and all of these things. But it's like, it's so different when you create something that then resonates with other people. Because when it resonates with other people, it reflects back at you and you're like, oh my God, I'm not alone in this feeling. So for me, I think the stuff that I'm talking about on this record, A, was really necessary for me to get out. And B, I'm really excited to have conversations like the one that we're having because it's like this is the stuff that, like, I need to be processing through right now in my life as a 36-year-old woman. Like, I need to be writing lyrics like I always thought I'd be a mother with a purpose to discover, you know, like I need to be saying stuff like that out loud and it needs to not be to just like my close friend circle, you know, like because I know that there are other people out there that are sitting in their cars and parking lots being like, what the fuck? I thought it was going to be so different and it's not.
1: Let's play that song. By the way, Mickey Raphael on harmonica. Uh, Yeah.
0: Hello, legend. Big time, I know. For those that don't know who he is, (laughs) illuminate
1: our audience, please. Uh,
0: Just happens to be one Mr. Willie Nelson's harmonica player forever, forever. Forever. I mean, just, yeah. I mean, this record is so cool, too, because I've never made a record where there were like just people that popped into the studio and, like, laid parts down. Like, Best Coast has always been, like, me and Bob, and then sometimes we'd hire other musicians to come in. But, like, this was just, like, such a thing. And being involved in, like, the Nashville scene in any way, it would be like, Butch would call me and just be like, yeah, 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 Willie Nelson's guy is going to come over and throw some harmonica down. Just let me know what kind of parts you want him to play. And then is like sending me videos. And I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? There's like pedal steel and like all this stuff that I'm just like, this is so the world that I have always wanted to be in. And now I get to like dip my toe in it.
1: Do you want to tell us anything more about the song?
0: I will say that the beginning of this song was actually written acapella in my car in a parking lot. I spend a lot of time in my car, just like stationary, parked somewhere on the side of the road in my driveway. There, I live near a cemetery, so I go to the cemetery a lot and either just like walk around or sit in my car. I find it to be the most peaceful place in the world, which makes sense because it's very quiet. But I w- was just thinking about how my life at that time was just not where I thought it would be. And I had a melody in my head, and I just started singing and saying stuff. And I pulled out my phone, and I just pushed record, and I just started singing. And I took it to Butch, and I was like, here's just like a minute-long idea. It's acapella. I don't know if it's anything. And he was like, that's something. Let's go there. And so then we sort of like developed it out together, and then I took the track home and finished the rest of the song And I'm really, really proud of this one. And this is also one that I think would have terrified me to release as Best Coast. So I'm excited that I get to, like, put all my, like, cheesy feelings about my lover out into the world. Growing up is easy
2: when you're 17. But the clouds
1: from the new Bethany Cosentino album, Natural Disaster, her solo debut. She's here with us on Shiro's I'm Carmel Holt. I've been a fan of your music from the very beginning, really. Thank you. Also just been a fan of your feminism. It's really awesome to watch you on Twitter and read things that you say. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the roots
0: of your feminism and where you are with that now. You know, for me, it's like if you have a platform... Why would you not use it to talk about things that are important? You know, sure, I like tweet silly things and I post silly things and I'm always going to have that side of myself. But I've always been somebody that's like, if I can just change one person's mind or if I can just introduce one thing to a person that might make them like sit and think or just inspire one person to do something – why would I not do that? And my best friend since middle school is actually the person that really like introduced me to the concept of feminism when we were like 11. And she went on to get her doctorate in women's history. And like she is just such a role model to me. She showed me Bikini Kill and she was like teaching me all these things when we were young because I was raised religious. Like I grew up pretty Christian and that's kind of like how I got my start in singing was in church. And so I was like, really radicalized by a lot of these ideas that she was introducing me to. And I just feel like when you're watching the world attack, not just women's rights, but, you know, queer people, trans people, non-binary people, it's just like when you're watching the world attack the rights of people simply for just existing as themselves, it's like, how do you not open your mouth and say something? While I do feel really scared a lot of days when I see what's happening in the world, I also feel even more connected to my feminism connected to my politics, connected to my platform, connected to the desire to continue to say things that matter. Because again, if I can just convince one random person to say, you know what? I've never seen it that way. She's right. I'll donate to this cause. Or I yelled at stage at Riot Fest a couple of years ago, abortion is healthcare, bitch. And then made a t-shirt and donated all of the proceeds to an abortion fund. It's like, I'm on stage in front of thousands of people. You think I'm not going to fucking say abortion is healthcare? and I have to add the bitch because that's just me. But, like, I'm not going to, like, name any names, but I watch artists often who have a large platform who just choose to sort of not say anything. And I wonder, like, what's the point of having that telephone to the collective that you could say something and not using it? So I don't know. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I wasn't, like, very, like, vocally advocating for these things that I care about. First of all, thank you. And
1: secondly, (laughs) fear. Totally, totally. You know, and
0: safety. Like, people still
1: feel fearful about even coming on to this show and talking about their experiences. And that makes me feel really sad. Yeah. We are here to make the world a better place. Yeah. That is what the purpose of all of this is, and to shine as bright as we can. And also, it's not about you. Yeah. It, and I mean you like Yeah, us. no, no, no. It's totally. not about us. Like we have to look at this. We don't have to do anything. But I think the purpose, our purpose, our higher purpose is to just like you're saying, like not make it about the individual but think about it more as the collective. Totally. I, <laughs> I'm now thinking about like the Channy thing, how it's like <laughs> going into Aquarius and it's all about a, the collective. I know. But, but Truly, you know, and especially when the planet is going to shit and everything is going to shit. It's like, this is it, people. Yeah.
0: You know? so
1: real. So would you say, since you've been in this business for a minute, do you feel that things are changing for the better for women and queer folks in music? Or what what things are you seeing that are different? And what things
0: do you think we still need to work on? I mean, I think that, like, since best coast started which was in 2009 2010 is when the debut record came out a lot has changed i definitely think that like you see a lot more i was just talking about this at dinner earlier about how when i was growing up when i saw people like shirley manson and gwen stefani and brody dale like i had never seen women at the forefront of a band before and i was like what do you mean they just have guitars and they run around on stage? I mean, I remember the first time I saw Courtney Love, I was like, this is the scariest, coolest woman in the entire world. Like, how can you be like this? And I would say that, like, that feels like a thing of the past. It's like there are so many female fronted bands. There are so many, like, people in this industry that are – out there being themselves but I don't think that's enough right it's not enough to just be like well there's more bands with like queer folks in them and women and femme identifying it's like it has to be more than that I think that behind the scenes there's not a lot of women like the there's a really small amount of female producers engineers mixers and that's something that I tried really hard with this record I wanted to work with women I wanted to work with female directors, female photographers. A lot of the people that I co-wrote with on this record are women, which was so exciting for me. You know, I love all the men that worked on this record that I wrote with. But, like, I want to hear what the women think about my feelings, you know? yeah. So I will say that, like, while I do think we've made progress in terms of young girls, you look at the Linda Lindas as an example, like, growing up seeing bands with women in them, I do still feel like behind the scenes, there is still a lack of females and female identifying people that are working in this industry, actually like creating the stuff. And I don't really know how that changes other than just seeking those people out and working with them and giving them a shot, you know? Like, I just think that we have to, at the end of the day, like, Music is a community, so it should be, like, advocating for each other, recommending people to each other. Like, I definitely have had that. Every woman that I worked with on this record was somebody that I didn't know before I started making this record. It was all people that were brought into my life and introduced, and then I met more people through them. I don't know. I just think that we have to support each other because at the end of the day, community is all we have left. Like, and I say that with a smile, Because it could be a bleak statement, but it's also, like, the best thing we can have. The government doesn't fucking care about us, so all we can do is care about each other.
1: 100%. (laughs) Before we wrap up, I am going to bestow upon you the Shiro's magic wand. This is how I end every episode. Oh, my God. So, with the magic wand, Bethany, you have the power to change anything for women and non-binary and queer folks in music— It is a heavy wand, but it is a powerful wand. I know the list is long, but what comes to your mind first? What would you change if you held the wand?
0: Mm. Oh, my God. Wow. That's a good question. I, I think I would just want for people to feel like they don't have to shrink themselves. I think that's something that I would imagine most women and female-identifying queer people feel in this industry is they have to shrink themselves down to be smaller than they are. Because I think, especially with women, it's like, oh, she's a bitch, or she's a diva, or she's this. It's like, even me saying, like, I have a good voice. Guarantee you some Joe Schmo out there is going to be like, what a fucking conceited asshole for saying she has... It's like, no, we shouldn't have to shrink ourselves down. We should, as you said earlier, step into our power and be who the fuck we want to be and not feel bad for taking up space. So that is what I... My little fairy dust coming down. No wand. more no more having to shrink ourselves down.
1: You want to have your mind blown for a second? Yeah. This might not blow your mind. It blew my <laughs> mind. Um, I'm just going to jump on what you said. So Blanchelle, do you know Blanchelle? Yes. Okay. So Sabrina was on the show not long ago. And uh, she was like, she was talking about body image stuff. And she was like, I suddenly realized that by making myself smaller— like, that's literally what men and the patriarchy want, is for me to take up the least amount of space in every way possible. Yeah, that's so real. And I was like, whoa. Like, yeah. it just reframed the whole thing about women needing to be literally shrink yeah. themselves. Yeah.
0: Teeny tiny little petites. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. It's so, that's so real. That's so real. Yeah. Let's choose a track to go out with.
1: Do you want to choose something that was a collab with women that that you Yes.
0: I would love to do For a Moment, which I wrote with Sarah Buxton, Kate York, and Maddie Diaz, One Beautiful Day by a Lake in Nashville. I had brought an idea to them, an acquaintance's fiance had suddenly passed, and I saw the Mm -hmm. post on Instagram that morning, and I just felt devastated thinking about how the love of your life for anybody could be taken from you Mm -hmm. at any moment. And so really just like, leaning into what we have and being okay with accepting it, even the scary parts. And it really was, talking about magical wand, like that was such an epic, beautiful, magical day. And that was the first time I had ever written with that many people at once. I kind of thought, I was like, is this going to be like, hard to like bring an idea to all these women and then all of us sit there and like write together but it flowed so naturally and when we were all done it was like girls at a slumber party like we were screaming like oh my god this song is so good and we were all just so excited and they do harmonies on it too which is really cool for me to have other women who've all of their careers and music I really highly respect so yeah I would love to put that one out there because that one also to me feels the most Lilith Fair vibes of this record so oh hell yeah (laughs) bring it back I know right that's the other magic wish I want is Lilith Fair needs to make a fucking comeback from your lips to (laughs) the goddess's ears yes yes
2: (laughs) and I want to
1: Cosentino, thank you so much thank for you. being here with us. This has been awesome. Thank you. Many thanks to Bethany Cosentino for being with us. Natural Disaster is out now on Concord Records. She Rose is produced by me, is mixed and mastered by Kelly Drake. Our original theme music is by Lucius. She Rose is also a nationally syndicated radio show. You can visit SheRoseRadio.com to find out more and support our work with Patreon or merch from the She Rose shop. Keep in touch on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Carmel Holt or find us at She Rose Radio. And please consider leaving us a rating and review wherever you listen Listen to your podcast that helps us grow and bring you more shiros. until next time remember music is our superpower i'm carmel holt thanks for listening